It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll be looking ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Doncaster Rovers coming to the Valley on Saturday. Uh, Donny, uh, under Johnny Jackson, of course, uh, the caretaker manager still for the Addicts. Now joining me to discuss that first up, uh, Mr. Lewis Katz. Celebrated your 30th birthday the other day. How are you doing, Lou? Yeah, not too bad, yeah, man. Thank birthday. you. Not too bad. Happy birthday for that. Did you, Thank did you, you hit the town? Uh, on Saturday, I did. Yeah, up in uh, up in Newcastle with you. Um, I think I'm still feeling that, to be honest. I don't know if that's because I'm I'm in my thirties now or because I'm genuinely still hungover from that yeah. weekend. You were so fresh faced when I saw you on Saturday. I dread to think what you look like now. You've hit thirty, uh, and a man a man who also has hit thirty at some point. Uh, Mark Newby, how are you doing, Mark? <laughs> yeah, a, a good few years ago now, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm I'm all right. I'm keeping Lemsip in business at the moment. Oh, so. Good. Their profits are up. Well, I imagine they've uh, they've had a hard couple of years with no illness going around, haven't they? So, uh, yeah, they'll be pleased. Uh, right, so on uh, this evening's show, then, of course, we'll be looking ahead to that game uh, with Doncaster. We've got the pre-match press interview uh, from the caretaker boss, Johnny Jackson. There's a few bits to, to cover there, including injury news uh, for Sam Lavelle, which we'll get on to uh, in a few moments' time. We're also going to hear uh, from Holly Olding from the women's team ahead of their home game with Sunderland. Uh, on on Sunday down at the Oakwood. Uh, we're going to hear from Liam Hoden from the Doncaster Free Press. He'll tell us all about Donny, what Rovers are going to bring to the Valley. Uh, and, and we'll hear once more from Jacko before the uh, before the end of the show uh, as he tells us how he's going to sort of uh, approach Saturday's game. So, I mean, um, before we dive into all the news today, Lewis, it is a massive game against, against Doncaster. Um, you know, we're all getting carried away now that we've won one. Um, it's it's a big one on Saturday, especially if you, if you look at the, the league table with Doncaster sitting just below us. Um, it, it's, it's it's one of those ones that's important not, not to get beaten in. Yeah, 100%. And we've got to make sure that we come off the back of Saturday with, you know, with consistency and build on that performance because, you know, you guys discussed it in depth on Sunday, but it wasn't just like a scrape of a win and we were lucky. I thought we were outstanding the whole way through and the, the performance levels that we saw up at the stadium alike were totally alien to what we'd seen so far this season. So, we, we've got to keep those levels up. But to be honest, that was one of my fears on, in the second half Saturday, that after sort of 70 minutes when we usually tire, that we'd wear off, but we didn't do that. So I, I just feel like there's there's something there that it just feels a lot, a little bit more, not easier to follow, but I feel like people are getting behind Johnny Jackson. The atmosphere on Saturday was incredible and the players as well. And it just felt like watching a different team to the one that we'd watched for the remainder of the season. It felt like everyone was was together again, if if that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I think it's the perfect opportunity now, back on home soil in a very big game, with that Jackson effect, if you like, to to go into Saturday with a bit of confidence, play the way we did on Saturday against Sunderland. And, you know, we've got, we've got to go out there and get a result because, as you say, the table still 
is pretty peaky for us, regardless of the result on uh, Saturday at, at Sunderland. So there's still work to be done. We can't get too carried away. But I think the signs on uh, at the weekend against Sunderland were incredibly positive. Um, and we've just got to make sure we, we take that into the game on, on Saturday against Donny. Mm, yeah, Mark, I described it as a must not lose. If you look at the, the league table, we're sitting uh, third from bottom on 12 points. Uh, Fleetwood just above us, then it's Shrewsbury uh, who are two points ahead of us. Um, so obviously we don't know how results are going to go this weekend, but if we get beat, uh, Donny will go above us, and if Shrewsbury go and get a result, and some of the sides above us go and get results, all of a sudden, I mean, we're, we're deep in the mire again, and all of last week's good work will be undone. Yes, but you've got to look at it. It's it's almost as if our season started last week. Um, yes, we were down the bottom and yet we could be bottom on Saturday. But it's like our season has started afresh. I think there's, it looked like, with the players, it looked like a, you know, a huge weight has lifted off a lot of their shoulders. I mean, I don't know if you saw the interview um, they did with Dobson afterwards. He just looked and sounded, you know, 10 foot tall. Okay, he'd had a cracking game. But I think, you know, with the departure of Nigel, I think there's one or two players are going, you know what, now I will get a chance to shine. And I think... You know, I can't see Jacko actually changing the team, and I think it'll that puts confidence into the players you've got, and I think that's only a good thing. Excellent stuff. Right. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there was some bad news today: an injury uh, to Sam Lavelle. We saw he came off at Sunderland uh, with a groin problem, and Johnny was asked uh, asked for the the update on Sam Lavelle earlier on today. Yeah, Sam's obviously come off with with a bad injury. Um, He's he's had surgery today on his injury, you know, so he he will be out long term. I don't know the exact the exact time scale on that. Don't want to put too much pressure on it, but he'll be unavailable for the foreseeable. Um, as far as everyone else, yeah, we've still got you know got everyone to choose from. Harry Art has been out there on the grass again today um, with the group. So apart from the uh, apart from Sam and obviously the two long term ones. Uh, we're looking good. There we go. Bad news then for Sam Lavelle. No, no time frame on it, but he's had an operation today uh, on that injury, and it sounds like he's going to be out for a number of months. The only thing I've been told is, is, is you know, it's not a season-ending injury. Uh, it would have to be one hell of a serious one, obviously at, the, at this point in October. Um, but yeah, it sounds. It, it, how much of a miss is Sam Lavelle going to be? Because he sort of like played his way into the side. Obviously, uh, the injury to Ryan Innes uh, means there's, there's an opportunity for him there as well. But he, he's pretty much kept his place since coming into the team, Lewis? Yeah, I think he's been outstanding. And I think even in some of the games where not many players could have held their heads, high, uh, held their heads up high because of the level of performance, I think that, that Sam Lavelle really stood out for me. I think he's shown some some good leadership qualities. And when I think that we've lacked those in some of the games that we've seen earlier in the season, he's got himself a couple of goals as well. And he's that sort of aggressive, no-nonsense defender. And it's a real shame, you know. I think that position, obviously, within us being out as well, leaves us a little bit vulnerable. But, you know, it's just a real shame for, for Sam Lavelle. Hopefully, it's something that, um, you know, it heals quickly and he can get he can get ahead of the schedule. Um, I know, Jack, I didn't really put a time frame on it, as you say. So, we don't really know how long we're going to be without him. But I assume it's going to be at least a couple of months. Um, so, we've, we've got to learn how to deal with that. It, it may set an opportunity up for, for Deji to come in, Deji Elawire, because he's not really been in the in the uh, first team pitch of the last um, last few weeks or so. Obviously, a lot of speculation going on about his contract. And then also, you know, Jason Pierce came on at the weekend and I thought he was outstanding. I thought he played really, really well. So 
you know, we have got options there to cover it, but, you know, by all means, it's it's nowhere near ideal because I think Sam, since he's come in, has, has been a real performer for us and a real standout. And, um, yeah, I think he'll be missed. Mm, I mean, that does pose the question, obviously, Lewis has mentioned there about Deji. We, we, we know he's still not put, put pen to paper on a new contract yet. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with that. I mean, some fans have said, oh, we shouldn't play him while we're waiting for him to do that. Put Pressurise him to say... If you're not going to sign for us long term, then you're not going to get your first team experience here. Um, other people would just say, "Well, use him while we've got him." I and mean, which, which way would you fall on that, Mark? I think you'd you'd have to stick him on the bench. Um, I don't know anyone who hasn't been impressed by him when he's come on and what we, what we've seen of him so far. For someone who's so young, I think it's the same kind of Conza Gomez um, situation where you look at him and you're thinking, "Yeah, another season with us probably would have done you better." However, you know, look where you are now. You're both Premiership players. I think, you know, we've obviously managed to produce good centre-halves. And um, I think you're just cutting off your nose to spite your face if you don't play him, because that'll just make him go, well, why should I stay? <laughs> I, th- I think, you know, you can <sighs> turn some people against the club if you start acting like that. I think if you try and act in good faith and he goes, he goes. That's just one of those things. You know, next one off a line, please. Um, but I'm pretty certain, can Dobson play there as well? Um um, so I think one of his roles had been as a centre half. Yeah, he's not the he, tallest, he, but... it felt like he was playing there at times on Saturday. Certainly, yeah. I can't remember if he's played there uh, previously. I'll have to double check that. Obviously, I know him more as a def- as, as a defensive midfielder. I wouldn't be shocked if he has played there though, uh, because uh, yeah, he, he was dropping in quite a lot on on, on Saturday. I mean, obviously, Jason Pierce came in on Saturday. Lewis and and we got the performance we'd like to see from from Piercy. Uh, I mean, there were there were times last season where where we were we were worried about him, but there were times again where he came he came back in and sort of won us back over. So you know, at, at this sort of stage in his career, you don't really know what you're going to get with Piercy, other than you know full blooded experience on the pitch, and 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 as long as he can keep the mistakes to a minimum, same as everyone else really, then he's still he's still got a, a fair bit to offer, I guess. Yeah, a hundred percent. And what you never you know, lack with Piercy is passion and and leadership. And I thought he showed that on Saturday because when you see Sam Lavelle going off early in the in the first half, we are kind of worried about well how are we going to cope? You know, Pierce has not played for a while. You know, it pushes one of him or or, or Aki out of position slightly and putting them onto their weaker foot. But I thought he performed outstandingly and there's definitely some qualities there with Piercy. I think he's, you know, very popular around the, the dressing room and around the club. And he always gives 100%. You know, he may not be the player he was, you know, five years ago. He's he's getting older now. So, you know, things do naturally deteriorate. Like pace will, will die off ever so slightly and games change. You come up against more pacier strikers that may give you a difficult time. But, you know, Piercy has always given 100% in that Charlton shirt, regardless of the situation. So, you know, if, if he comes in, I have no doubt that he'll do a job. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see Deji at least in and around that that picture of, of the match day 18 because you wonder whether the contract situation is is marred by him not really being around the first team as much you know he was in it every weekend and I know that signing Sam Lavelle gave us some options but he just dropped off and whether that was to do with his his contract situation so they pulled him out of the out of the spotlight or he wasn't getting in and around that 18 therefore he's thinking well why would I want to sign a deal here if I'm not in the first team picture we won't know that but It'll be interesting to see the approach um, over the next couple of weeks and, and how we adjust to, to life without Sam Lavelle for, for a couple of months at the very least. Mm, I mean, we did go with a back three on, on Saturday, of course, up at, up at the Stadium of Light. 
Um, I mean, I guess we could still try and we could still play that formation with Fainwell, Pierce, and Matthews as well. So there are options there, and Gunter can play at centre back. Obviously, you know, he did so to varying degrees of success at times last season. So it's not like we're completely lost because Sam's out there. But it, I mean, he, he is a big miss still, though. I think, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a couple of seasons ago when we had to drop Prattley into the back, who you know didn't do anything wrong, but we were short. I mean, it's it's difficult with Innes being out as well. So, you know, you get to the stage of how long that's going to be for, you know, because if a bit Andrew comes in and it does leave us short, you know, would they look to get someone in January or would they say, you know, we've got enough options across the back? I mean, Perriton's got some height on him, so he could probably drop across one, you know, and stick Suare alongside him. So, OK, it negates what Perriton's good at, but at least you've got, you know, another defender there. I mean, I think we've got options, so I'm not worried yet I mean obviously if some one of them gets an injury on Saturday I think then we can start to re reanalyze it but until something happens I mean Pierce is a very very good um, deputy I think it just comes to he tends to struggle against the smaller nippier players someone who's going to give him elbows like Mitrovic at Fulham you know he'll he'll have that battle all day lovely he's in for that if someone who's small and nippy he'll, he'll turn him and get and sort of like he'll pull on a shirt that's when you'd start to worry, you know, and if a ref picks that up early, you know, because he can be a bit handsy at corners, but, you know, that's just kind of like style of old-style defender he is. Um, it's where the referees see that, whether we'll struggle that way, but, you know, it's it's worrying about things which you've got no control over. So, you know, what we've got there at the moment is fine. We've got backup, that's fine. I think we'll, we'll analyse it once it gets, the situation gets worse, I'd say. Excellent stuff. Right, obviously on Saturday, one thing we did have uh, in abundance during that win uh, at the Stadium of Light was passion and, and hard work and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, I mean, Johnny was asked during press day today uh, what he did to get that sort of different reaction uh, from the side to what we've seen so far this season. Yeah, I just try to instill into them that great things can happen when you play for the shirt and you give it everything. And uh, I said to him, I wanted them, wanted them to crawl off the pitch because they'd give absolutely everything and that needs to be the bare minimum um, and I think they crawled off the pitch the effort that they put in um, I, I know what can happen when you do that because I, I don't, don't doubt the quality I've never doubted the quality but um, I think we just needed a little bit of clarity with some of the messages um, we tried to be real clear we didn't have obviously loads of time like you say to work on it so didn't overload them with info, but just some real sort of clear messages. But the first, the first thing that I said to him is, is play for the shirt and give it everything you've got. And you, you know, whether you're playing well or you're not playing well, you're always in control of that. That you can give it absolutely everything you've got. Um, and when you've got eleven players doing that and three people coming off the bench and doing that and everyone pulling together good things will follow. There we go. That's uh, Johnny Jackson, the caretaker boss, speaking to Terry uh, during press day today. I tried to get to the bottom of this on Sunday, and I don't think we've really got an answer yet, uh, Lewis. So I'm going to ask you now. Why, why was it so different when, when just one man has left the building? Obviously, Nigel Atkins has left and Johnny Jackson's taken the, the caretaker reins. How can it go from what we've seen at times this season, the incoherent performances, to, to what we saw on Saturday so quickly? It's a difficult one to answer, isn't it? Because it, I feel like it just gave everyone a bit of a lease of life. I think that no mad criticism of Nigel, but I just think it had gone a bit stale. And I think, you know, that the atmosphere that you see 
among supporters at some of those home games, especially towards the end of his tenure that were very toxic, that definitely rubs off on the players. And we all of a sudden the club make that change and, and they stick someone like Johnny in charge, even if it is temporary for now, who who is a club legend and people will get behind. You know, it, it changes the mood and the, the dynamic of the entire place. And I think the players feel that lift. And they'd have gone up to Sunderland at the weekend with a strong, you know, a thousand strong crowd behind them that outsang the entire of the Stadium of Light all all afternoon. And that, that just spurs people on. And there were moments in that game even where people were cheering, you know, tackles like goals. It was it was outstanding. And I think that spurs people on. And, you know, there are there are players in that it's a very good team on paper. We've said this all season that that squad, when you look at it, shouldn't be where it is. But we are. And it's what we, you know, what it is, is trying to suss out, you know, how we get out of the situation. It's with Nigel, like I say, I think it had gone stale. He was maybe playing systems that weren't suiting what we were doing. Jackson had two days with that squad, plays a certain system. And as you say, it was like polar opposites and it is hard to work out. But I think all I can pin it down to at the moment is just that natural lift that putting someone in charge that's immediately popular with your supporter fan base that's been at the club for you know what over 10 years now is adored by everybody in and around the club it it just gives everyone a lift and i think the players felt that and the players needed that and as mark said earlier george dobson was you know someone that's not been in and around the picture a huge amount this season that we probably have been a bit disappointed with if i'm honest was outstanding at the weekend absolutely outstanding and if the change that that's been made can make a consistent impact like it did at the weekend for going forward then you know things could get exciting now and we can get out of this struggle but it's important not to get a, uh, to get carried away but it's even more important that we replicate what we did on Saturday and that it's not just a one-off mm, yeah and obviously when we when we uh, sort of listened to what Jacko was talking about there Mark he said something about how he it was important that he was that the clarity of what he was trying to get across to the side was fairly easy to understand and 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 how perhaps you know it, when we read into that does that mean that perhaps things have been overcomplicated before in, in what people needed to do because when we looked at some of those performances at, at Lincoln and at, you know at, at Lincoln or, a, or or the home game against Accrington I've, I've just thought actually the the, the the interesting thing about Lincoln is obviously that's another game where we've lost a player early on through injury we lost Elliot Lee early on through injury and all of a sudden Kirk and Lecco were both tried at the 10 and we just fell apart like we no one knew what they were doing whereas on on Saturday and Jackson did sort of half mention about how on Saturday when Sam Lavelle came off I mean Piercy's just slotted in to pretty much a like for like role but he wanted to make sure that everyone on the bench knew what they had to do if they came in as well I mean I wonder if that's part of what what's changed already but certainly just getting across a simple message so people are aware where they need to be and when that that seems to be something that certainly worked on Saturday yeah, I mean, I know you discussed on VM Sunday's show about the role of VM um, assistant manager and uh, how much they can have um, with affecting the decisions and stuff. And I think it's obvious that he really wasn't having much luck affecting decisions Nigel was making. Um, so this showed, you know, with our tactics, with our setup, with the formation, with the bench, with the organisation, that. You know, obviously, Jack is a very popular person, you know, not just with the fans, but with the players as well. Um, and that step up, you know, will make it easier for him to say, right, this is, you know, this is what I want. All he's doing is notching up the passion a bit and, and getting it through. Like he said, you know, he, he explains to the players, you know, get the crowd will love you if you try. 
you know, you put your effort in. You know, you might not win, but he said, you know, you'll be backed. And I think, you know, he's got that across to the fans, uh, to the players, excuse me. He's obviously sat them down and said, right, this is how it's going to be now. This is what we're going to do. You know, you've got to pull your finger out. You've got to ramp up your trying, ramp up your energy, ramp up your commitment, which I think is a very important word for them. You know, put the commitment out there so people can actually see it. I mean, it must have hurt to have people saying that you're not fit to wear the shirt, regardless of, you know, even some player might think, you know, I didn't have a bad game, but, you know, as a crowd, you can't yell out individual names. It's just like, you're not fit to wear the shirt, all of you, because of the results. And I think he's got that through to them very quickly. Um, But I think that's just how he is. I mean, Jacko's one of his people. But I should imagine in, in that football environment, because he's been there, done it, you know, he's got his heart on his sleeve. He's He is... He's more like a bowyer than a pal, if that makes sense. He's more kind of be like, what you see is what you get. And that comes through. And I just think, you know, the players were obviously confused under Nigel with whatever tactics and decisions and, you know, lottery number squads he was doing. Um, so now he's going to say, right, this is my 11. Yours is for shirt. You're got, you've got to keep it. If you don't keep it, I want someone champion at the bit to say, I deserve that shot. Mm. And I think there wasn't a single player on Saturday. I mean, OK, Lavelle's off injured and Piers has gone on, but there's not one player who can say, yeah, I, I could be in danger here. I, th- You know, I think when we come later on to talk about, you know, potential for team for next week, I don't uh, for Saturday, I don't think there's going to be much difference. No, I mean, what, what, one of the interesting things as well, actually, Lewis, that we've spoken about all season is like an identity and, and a style of play. Um, and and I, I was listening to the, the one of the Sunderland podcasts, the, the Roka Report, during the week. Just I just wanted to hear them moan about the headbutt, which we'll talk about shortly. But um, they, they, the way they were banging on, like they were, they were going on as if I, you know, will the Charlton fans accept the fact that they've turned into a bunch of cloggers, basically roughing them up? You know, it didn't. Barely spoke about the fact that Jonathan Lecco was, you know, we're playing some nice football on the fo- on the floor with Lecco, you know, pacey attacking wingers. But I mean, is that us? Is that a style that we have, or is that just that, that we rough them up a bit? I mean, I, I don't, I don't look at us and think bunch of cloggers who are just going to try and kick another team off the pitch. I mean, obviously, Jacko wanted to see a bit more effort, endeavour, or whatever on on the, on the pitch. But we still played a bit, didn't we? Yeah, I don't think that's true at all. I think yes. It's you can mistake being a bit, you know, clogger and roughing people up for passion. I've, ultimately, Sunderland have the hump because they lost and and they weren't good enough on the day. It's the same with this stupid headbutt incident. You know, you just need to accept that you weren't good enough on the day. Charlton, there was not a period in that game really where I felt that threatened. So you dust yourself down and you move on. I I think we had a, I thought we had an identity that was nothing like that. I just thought it was down to effort passion and determination and that's stuff that we haven't seen all season and we've seen it in that game and fans have got behind it and it like I said earlier it riles the players up and there was no foul play in there whatsoever there was just the normal sort of the normal football <laughs> like I can't, I can't really get a grasp of what they're so upset about yeah. I mean they, they said this, about the referee this incident well. with Connor Washington inside the first few seconds apparently set the tone but I still never saw it I was like it literally happened straight away there was a kickoff, and then I don't know if someone took the knee and and Connor forgot and just ran and kicked, like ran into someone. But he felt that that set the tone, Lewis. I mean, maybe that just got in their heads. Yeah. See, I mean, with that, the way I saw it, and I may be wrong because I've had a few drinks, but <laughs> it was that we took the knee and they didn't, um, and as and they were playing on. So 
as we kicked off, Connor went off and, and was just riled up and went for the ball. I mean, that didn't that didn't set the tone. He was obviously obviously live and up ready for the game, and that that can be mistaken for for passion, and and it can be mistaken for just wanting to kick lumps out of people. But I don't think we did. I don't think we were a dirty side. I don't think we played poorly. Or I don't think we we had any bad sportsmanship. I just thought we were a team that wanted to go out there and win. We haven't, you know, we've had a really poor season so far. You've got a manager in charge and you've got 11 players that want to prove themselves. And every single one of them did that. And I don't think as a club, we can ask for more. And I think Sunderland need to just get over it. Like yeah. It's the same with going through this stupid headbutt and handball incident. Like Get over it. Like yeah. they, had, they had a goal in midweek that should have been, that shouldn't have stood. Uh, sorry, QPR had a goal ruled out that shouldn't have been ruled out. You know, they, they, no one minds about that. They just need to get a grip. I thought we we were outstanding. You move on, just accept you were the worst side and that we played really well. Yeah, I, I feel like we are banging on about Sunderland as much as they've been banging on about us uh, this week. And actually, we are still going to talk about that headbutt in a second. But I do just have a question for Mark, actually. I'm obviously, you know, Jacko still in caretaker charge. This will be his second game of this spell. Uh, second one at the Valley, if you count the one he had uh, a few months ago before Nigel came in. Uh, first one with fans at the Valley. It's going to be a very special moment, but... It, we win this one, and then let's say we go and get another couple of results in. I, w- I wonder how many in a row he has to win before Thomas just has to say, right, you're the manager. <sighs> um, no idea. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, you don't know who, what advice Thomas is taking from other people for a start, or whether he goes, oh, you know, we get three wins out of five, one draw, one loss kind of thing. That's better than we've been doing. Jacko's getting better out of people. You know, as we t- talked about on previous shows, it's not like there's a a bundle of people sitting there knocking on the gate saying, "Can I come in and be manager?" You know who you'd want. I mean, there's only maybe all I've seen online is about four or five different names of the same four or five different names come up. A Rangers guy, and it's just like I I don't know as long as the answer that Lou. It's 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 in it's in Thomas's hands. Is if he likes what he sees, if a football's better which you know if you watch Saturday yes it was if passion is better which if you watch Saturday it was if a commitment's higher which again you know tick 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 for boxes then he might go I don't think he's gonna make a decision if I'm honest I don't think he'd make a decision before Christmas I think we've got enough run of games coming up between now and Christmas to say right let's look at the next 10 so that leaves you half a season as such you know, if you've got a manager in with a window, you know, don't know if they might be looking at people anyway, you know, because one presumes that, you know, they're already looking at potential targets to come in in January. That, that's just an ongoing thing, which Steve Gallen would be doing. So a new manager coming in probably just be told, right, we've looked at this player, this player, this player, if that was the way he went. But I'd, I'd be very surprised whether he upgraded him to full manager before Christmas. I, I really would. Mm. I think... It's just a case of patience, which, to be quite honest, as football fans, we're not really known for. <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, Mark said something interesting earlier, actually. I think he said uh, he feels like Jacko is going to be more of a, a Lee Bowyer style manager than a Chris Powell, which I, I can understand where he's coming from there. But because I was thinking about this the other day, actually, after the Sunderland game, and he went, he went to that three-five-two formation at Sunderland, which is not—it un- wasn't unheard of for Bow to go with that that formation when we're away at. 
like Fulham, West Brom, some of these bigger clubs. I mean, I, I'm sure Bo wasn't the first manager ever to do that. But I, just in my mind, because obviously Jacko was the assistant to Bo, I mean, do we expect him to have similar traits? I mean, obviously he'll put his own his own style and panache on it. But I mean, it, it, it's early days yet because we're still finding out, I guess, Lewis, what sort of manager we expect Johnny Jackson to be. He's not going to be as hot-headed as Bo. He's not going to come out to me after the game and tell someone, tell me that some player was a joke or something. But I mean, it'd be interesting to see how he sort of develops over the next few weeks. Yeah, I th- I think um, he'll develop his own style, and I think Mark is is right. Yeah, I think with with Chris Powell and and Bo, I think Jacko's in a position where he's he's had time to maybe take traits from from managers that you know maybe some traits that he thought were really good about Chris Powell. There may be some traits he didn't think were so good about Chris Powell, and the same with Bo, and the same with. Nigel or or anyone really you know how many managers have been here since since Johnny's been here so he's had he's had a lot of time to to learn he's he's worked under some good people you know I think even under Carl Robinson he would have learned a lot and I think that he'll he'll develop his own style I think yeah he'll be more of like a a people's manager and I think I think the management skills and people skills that you have that Chris Powell had would would rub off on him because there can't be many people out there you know, as kind-hearted as, as Powerly, and and that will that will definitely rub off. And likewise, the the ability to change it and 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 get a little bit angrier, like Bo, I think I think he'll take the best qualities from from people he's worked under and try and piece together his own identity. And I think he he needs to be given the time to to succeed in the role because I think it's the it's the perfect match for us. But obviously, the expectations of us of a football club are at a certain height at the moment because of Thomas coming in. But given where the season is why not give it to Johnny Jackson and give him the opportunity to turn this season around and see how we go? Because if he turns out, you know, if we can get performances out of the players that we did at the weekend consistently under him, then it's a, it's a no-brainer. Mm, I absolutely want to see Jacko given the job. I can't stress that enough. It's just, just someone you can really get behind. Like like I said, like it was with Pally uh, and with Bo. Right, I said we won't bang on about Sunderland too much more, but we do need to uh, address the, uh, poten- well, the potential headbutt situation because uh, Johnny Jackson uh, was asked for his thoughts on that incident uh, where Lee Johnson accused uh, Jaden Stockley of headbutting Tom Flanagan. Uh, Jackson was asked for his views on that today. I haven't known. I've, I've seen the incident and I think it's well it's certainly not there's, there's nothing there. It's a it's a coming together a little shoulder to shoulder which Jaden likes to do likes to get physical. That's the type of player that he is but there's certainly no headbutting there or or you know heads meeting so yeah, I don't want to. Don't want to pay that one too much attention, to be honest. There we go. Not not uh, not much in it, according to Jackson, which I think we all agree uh, on this side of the fence, uh, as we would. But I mean, we we did dissect it on on Sunday. Um, we, we said may, maybe there is a slight, you know, he's he's, ch- he's chested him. He's chested him. Flanagan's lip has somehow been cut. So we're, we're looking at the slowed down. Maybe the the. Head's almost caught him slightly, but it's not a headbutt, is it? And I, I think the fact that we've gone all this amount of time now without hearing from the FA, uh, Mark, I think that means that we can now draw a line under it and Sunderland can shut up. Yeah, they won't. Um, simple as that, really. Um, that's not a headbutt. I, I was headbutted by my little boy, and literally for the half a day, I was terrible. Now, Blame the parents Jay- there. Jade Stockley is a lot bigger than my three-year-old, and if he's going to headbutt you, you're going to make something of it. I mean, he's he's caught him, you know, he's caught him with a shoulder, and it looks like the side of his face. But they were barging and barging, and 
you know, yeah, I think it's grasping at straws, really. And to be quite honest, I, I wouldn't want to give the um, Sunderland manager any more oxygen for his whining. Yeah. So imagine if your three-year-old was the size of Jaden Stockley. That'd be really weird, wouldn't it? That'd be really like quite quite unnerving every every morning. Uh, right. In fact, that his twin, fact that his twins would be more, even more so. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> blimey. Right, the headbutts flying around all over the place. Right, let's have a break uh, on this week's uh, big match preview. When we come back, we've got some of your messages, uh, and we're going to concentrate more on Saturday's home game with Doncaster Rovers. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You want to look at it from Stockley's point of view. He was aggressive. He got above the centre half. He pinned him so he couldn't make a jump and attack the ball. And then once you've done that, it's just a case of getting contact onto the, the football itself and directed towards goal. He did that. We find ourselves one in front, but a delightful delivery from Albie Morgan. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. I hope uh, you guys are well. I did ask for some of your views ahead of Saturday's home game. With Donny, uh, we're going to hear from Liam Hoden in a few moments' time from the Donny Free Press. Uh, he'll tell us uh, what to expect from, from a Rover side. Obviously, sit just below us in the table. We've got Holly Olden uh, and more from Johnny Jackson coming up as well. But this uh, tweet comes in uh, from James. I said, how are you feeling ahead of the game? He says, uh, both nervous and excited in equal measure. Anything less than three points will keep us in the mire. However, JJ showed his tactical knowledge to undo and inform Sunderland's side last week. Uh, the crowd should be up for it too. Our season uh, needs to start now. Cheers, James. Uh, Alan says, interesting to see the formation. And if it changes four at the back, maybe because at home uh, in an attacking 4-4-2 with wingers or diamond uh, like the old days if JJ does change the formation that may mean one or two player changes to suit another formation uh, which would be harsh uh, uh, but we just need to get a, a win um, yeah interesting I mean we'll, we'll talk about formations a bit later Lewis but again it'll be interesting to see how how Johnny sort of makes his decision because I don't think he'll go for that 3-5-2 at home no, I don't think so either. Um, so it will be interesting to see how he lines up. I think he'd go sort of more for like a, I don't know, like a four-two-three-one or, or a four-four-two or something like that. Um, I think he'll keep he'll stick with the two strikers because I think Washington and Stockley complemented each other at the weekend. I thought they both played really well. Um, so I can't see him changing away from two up the top. But yeah, I'd be surprised if he did the 
uh, sort of the three-five-two, especially with losing Sam Lavelle. I think you, your defensive options are a little bit um, less prescribed, if you like. So we may have to to make do with a four at the back and, and change it up slightly in midfield. Mm, right, Jimmy says, uh, buzzing ahead of the game. I get the feeling uh, the atmosphere will be similar to the first game of the season. Uh, come on, you Reds. And Alfie Holland says, I've never been more hyped for the pod than this week. Uh, obviously, the, the Johnny Jackson effect taking hold there. Bob says, uh, what's our record like in these £1 for kids games? I'll say no more. Glass half empty. Uh, I don't, I'm not aware of a particular bad run of form in the £1 games. But, I mean, the atmosphere, Mark, certainly, with, with hopefully a, a few more in and the Johnny Jackson effect, could be, could be quite lively. Yeah, the atmosphere is going to be electric. Are you, um, are you yeah. going to take advantage of the £1 kid offer? Unfortunately, I've got um, 10,000 people coming to the um, museum on Saturday, so I'm unable to be there. Oh. So it's... That's a shame. We a lot, <laughs> yeah. lot, lot of work to do there for you. Um, I was, uh, was going to say, because obviously like that, we just have to warn the uh, the stewards if your children are going to come with, with their head, head butts flying everywhere, but we won't. <laughs> right, uh, let's uh, uh, quickly turn our attention... Oh, let's talk about Sunderland again. Uh, the women's team are playing Sunderland on Sunday uh, down at the Oakwood, 2 o'clock. Um, let's have a little hear from uh, Holly Olding. Uh, she has this message for the fans ahead of the game. We're really looking forward to being back at VCD this Sunday. We're at home to Sunderland and obviously we've had a 100% home win record so far this season. So we're just looking to maintain that. Um, and we're really looking forward to being back in front of the fans. Their support has been great so far at home. Um, and yeah, we just want to put in a performance that they'll be proud of. Um, we're just happy to be back. Uh, the mood in the camp's been really positive. Obviously, we've just come back off a defeat um, away to Lewis. Um, but we've had a lot of time now to reflect, regroup and refocus and um, focus on what we need to improve on, what we need to work better at and also what we need to maintain doing. Um, so the team are in a good place and we're looking forward to now being back after the international break and kicking on, really. Um, it's going to be great to have our internationals back in camp this week. Um, the team are all back together, so the mood's really positive and we're just looking to improve and put in, put in a performance that the fans will be proud of. There we go, thanks to, to Holly. As she said there, the, the girls defending their 100% home record uh, on Sunday, 2pm kickoff. Um, I mean, the only thing I really hope that happens on, on Sunday, Lewis, is that one of them, Holly if she's up for it or, or any of them, just, just headbutts a Sunderland player just to see what the reaction is. <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny, wouldn't it? Imagine that. It's probably I mean, a on the people. sly, on the sly, but yeah, obviously on the sly, probably with the shoulders like Jaden did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, uh, uh, hopefully going to get down to the game on, on Sunday, Lewis. But I mean, that that record they've got is fantastic, and uh, you know they they lost last time out against Lewis. They've lost a couple of away games this season, so you know anyone who thought this season was going to be plain sailing uh, was wrong. But I mean, it, the games have been quite even down there, so it should be another very interesting one. Yeah, yeah, there've been there've been a lot of really highly contested games this year, and like you say, they've struggled a little bit more on the road, but the home record's been outstanding, and, and you know they've sat fourth in the table at the moment. It's been a bit of a rebuild under Karen, hasn't it? As well, when you think of where we were last season, uh, obviously going full time. So yeah, it's exciting. I mean, if you get the chance, people listening, go down on Sunday and go and watch the girls because they they really are really are enjoyable to watch. They play great football as well, so I definitely definitely recommend getting down there and watching them. Excellent stuff. Right, let's start to turn our attention uh, to the game uh, again with Doncaster Rovers then. Uh, obviously, we've had some excellent games against them over the years and uh, throughout the last few years, uh, we've built up a good relationship with Liam Hoden, uh, who's now the editor of the Doncaster Free Press, uh, but he still covers uh, Doncaster Rovers 
as well. And I spoke to him uh, during the week to find out a little bit as to uh, why their start to the season has been so bad. There's been an, an awful lot of upheaval. Um, I think they were, they were pretty clear from the start of the, the summer when Richard Wallens were appointed that, that this was going to be a rebuild season. Um, the way he's gone about that is, is obviously the, the budget's fairly limited, um, as, it, as it always is. Uh, they're not going to be going out and spending a vast amount of money. Um, so he's, he's, he's focused on quality rather than quantity and what he's brought in, and they've probably ended up a little bit short in certain areas. So they've had that. They had a really bad summer in terms of COVID uh, with, uh, you know, the whole squad were isolating quite early on in pre-season. Um, then one or two players picked it up uh, later on. They've had a really bad time with injuries that's still continuing now. Um, so things have gone against them, really. Um, and it, with a, a, a fairly new style of play, you know, a, a different way, a, a, a different approach under Wellens, it's always been very difficult to bring everything together. Um, and they're slowly but surely getting there. Um, but I think there was an expectation that it wouldn't be, it wouldn't, start the season particularly strongly but probably a bit stronger than what they actually have yeah, I mean, it feels it feels like it was almost like a downfall that started last season. Obviously, Darren Moore left, and they were already on the downturn by then. Um, and Andy Butler never seemed to be able to turn things around. Did it feel like this is almost a continuation of what went wrong last season? Yeah, I think there was so much. I mean, twenty twenty one as a whole has been a horrendous year. To say the start of the, the year, I think they were fourth in the league. Uh, 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 new year uh, it's just gone, gone wrong since February really and it was going to be difficult to to, to really start like you know concerning out of the blocks given all the upheaval given how poorly they ended last season a lot of players left uh, you know a lot of players a lot of new players arriving uh, it, yeah this one I think if they can get to January and be in a decent position again and be not too concerned about relegation. They'll have finished the year well, but this is certainly a year that they want to see the back of. Mm, yeah, because obviously, um, it's a it's a name for all of us in in the bottom four to get to get to that stage where where relegation isn't a concern. But I mean, is, has there been any indication that that will be the case from from what you've seen so far? Well, there's been there's been steady progress from the start of the season, and, and over the last few weeks, it's been. You know, since the last international break, it's been been pretty decent. They had the, the before the international break, they beat MK Dons at home, and then the international break kind of came at the, the wrong time. They got Wickham after that, and although they played quite well in that game, they conceded two poor goals and and then ended up losing. But it's been it's been fairly fairly steady. The performances are getting better and much more like what Richie Williams wants. Um, they're, they're they're attacking quite well. They're still not quite found that ruthlessness in front of goal that they've been lacking um, but they do seem to be making sort of steady progress and I think there is a, a general feeling that it will click at some point and they probably will be alright it's just how long they've got to wait until then there's, there's a few sort of key areas that Richie Wellens wants to recruit in in January a, a kind of defensive midfielder central to that feels like they're really short in that position and it's whether they can get by until January and then obviously ultimately bring somebody in in that position if they can get by till, till then without you know sort of losing too much ground on, on the sides maybe from sort of mid-table downwards they'll be alright it's just it's just whether they can do it you know 
they've had a few disappointments. They played really well at Gillingham uh, last week in, in midweek for the first half. Should have been well cleared. Didn't get the goal. Ended up losing one 0 They've got the capability of doing that on a fairly regular basis. Um, so there's still a fair bit of improvement to come. Mm. Uh, and it's just kind of seeing if they can, you know, sort of be steady and probably until the end of the year yeah. and then uh, hopefully kick on in the second half of the season. And are the indications that the fans and, and I guess the board as well are going to remain patient with Richie Wellings in particular to give him time to sort of rebuild that squad and or add to it as he needs to in January? I think the the board certainly will. They're, they're not a, they're not a sacking board. They, um, they, I mean, a few years ago when they got relegated to uh, the League Two, uh, they had a seventeen match winless run uh, under Darren Ferguson. There was no danger of Darren Ferguson getting sacked. He remained manager after relegation and brought him back up. That's the kind of that's the kind of owners that the Rovers have got. They are willing to stick by it. They've got a very specific way of recruiting and they stick by it and, and they're convinced that they've got the, the right man. So not on that front. But the fans, there has been a few. You know, a, a lot of the eye seems to have gone towards the, the owners and the board for, for not investing. Rovers are a, the, the target of the owners is to to be a break-even, self-sustainable club. And obviously that doesn't sound the most ambitious in, in football terms. And, and then that's where the frustration has gone towards. A few have questioned whether Wellens is the right man, but I think he, I think in general, the, there's patience for now. How long that goes on for, if, if results don't turn the right way, I'm, I'm not too sure. Mm. And then finally then, just looking ahead to Saturday, who are sort of like the, uh, the key men that Charlton fans will need to be wary of? Well, typically, I would say Tommy Rowe, who uh, obviously uh, Charlton fans will remember from scoring that goal uh, in the uh, that incredible playoff semi-final second leg uh, that night. Um, but he, he could potentially be missing. He's got a bit of a back problem at the minute. The one that's really stood out in the last couple of games is Ethan Galbraith, uh, who was a midfielder on loan from Manchester United. He scored a fantastic goal on Tuesday night. Uh, to uh, to equalise against Cambridge, um, all that action really very technically very very good. Plays some wonderful passes. He's, he started the last couple of games at right back, but in this kind of very versatile right back role where he can basically pop up anywhere. Uh, he's uh, he's very good. He's kind of been the standout over the last few weeks. Here we go. Thanks to to Liam. There spoke to me uh, last night on Wednesday. Uh, Doncaster obviously played in midweek. They drew one all with with Cambridge at uh, the Keepmoat Stadium. So, uh, yeah, giving us up to date. I mean, they're they're, ele- they're uh, on 11 points, 23rd in the table, uh, Mark. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite... If you remember when we went to Doncaster under Nigel Atkins sort of Easter time last year, I think it was, and we won 1-0. And we all thought that was quite a good result because they'd sort of been hovering around those sort of top six places. I think they were just about on, on you know, on, on, on the slide then. But they, they've gone on to have a dreadful rest of that season and start of this season. Um, and, uh, yeah, it felt like they're falling off a cliff. And, you know, considering how good they were a couple of years ago when we played them in the playoffs, it's surprising to see they've been this poor uh, this season. Yeah, it's funny, but it always one of those things in football, you look at sort of a new season and teams who were particularly sort of like not great the season before tend to do well. I mean, look at this season, Plymouth, Milton Keynes, all up there and down the bottom, there's been Ipswich, there's been Ars, there's been Doncaster. You know, it just seems to be sort of like a cycle. You know, some teams can't get any worse, so they start to improve, and some teams can't improve, so they get worse. 
Um, yeah, as long as, you know, the Doncaster players bring down their own um, brooms again, that's fine. Um, again, I'd, we've talked about it before, and I'm, I'm less worried about what Doncaster can do and more thinking we concentrate on what we do well. And I think that's a way to look at it. And Doncaster, I think if Nigel had still been there, if they'd been loving this game to come to come down and face us, I think Jacko in charge is a whole new ball game for them because they just do not know. They can't look at any of our games so far this season and really judge any of them. I mean, but look at how tactically what a Charlton likely to do. Who knows? We didn't know. We were watching Charlton week in, week out, and we weren't sure what we were doing. So let alone opposition managers working it all out. Um, it, it's it's hard. I think if we we play play the same system, play the same personnel, uh, are Doncaster better than Sunderland? Can they deal with it better? Probably not. So you know why change if it's not broke? Why fix it? That's mm. that's my take on it. I mean, surely though, Lewis, the emphasis will be on us to attack this game. You know, not like we were we're sitting back as such against Sunderland, but we're in a slightly more safe formation that did allow us to, to work on the counter with the likes of, of Jonathan Lecco, but the, the emphasis will be surely on us to go and attack this one on Saturday. Yeah, I think it has to be, especially at home. Uh, and as you say, with those exciting players, you know, the likes of Lecco and, you know, we could have Blackett Taylor in and around the team as well, Jai Simi. There's We've got so many good attacking options. I think we have to, we, we've got to take it to them. And, and with a bumper home crowd with the, the kids for a quid deal as well, You'd like to see the football to match it, and and as as we said earlier, hopefully I can't remember if the record's that good on kids for a quid day. I'm not sure, but ultimately that 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 can't be a thing. We need to need to go out there and perform and claw ourselves out the bottom four, especially against a side like Doncaster who really have struggled this season as well. So yeah, as you said earlier, absolutely massive must win game for us on Saturday, and I'm really looking forward to it, especially with Jacko at the helm, and I'm really excited to see. The reaction from the the Valley faithful with with Jacko in the dugout, I think it's going to be really special uh, for him and for us, to be honest as well. Mm, well, Doncaster have lost all seven of their away games so far this season, and no team has scored fewer uh, than they have in the league. They've uh, only scored ten uh, this season. They've conceded twenty four uh, when uh, there's a handful of sides that have conceded twenty five. Uh, we've only we've conceded twenty three, so it's not like we're far off them. Uh, we have outscored them a bit. We've scored sixteen. So yeah, Doncaster struggling. Uh, particularly away from home, but everywhere, uh, really. Now, let's have a look ahead uh, to it from a Charlton point of view. Um, obviously, Jackson, speaking uh, ahead of the game, uh, says we must make sure that last Saturday's win at Sunderland uh, doesn't turn out to be a bit of an outlier. Absolutely, yeah. It can't be a one-off. Uh, said after Saturday, we need to go on a run and we need to start picking up points quick. Not for me, but for, for the team, because of the position that we find ourselves in. So we need to climb out of that position. We need to start putting runs together and, and looking up and... If we can replicate what we've done at the weekend, we'll have a good chance of winning games. And now we're we're obviously back home in front of our own supporters. Hopefully there'll be a bumper crowd there. Um, it's a real opportunity for us now to, you know, to show them what we're really about and to put on a performance and um, give them something to get get behind. Uh, so that's that will be my focus. We need more of the same from Saturday. They've set a standard there with that performance and that commitment that needs to be there every week. And if you do that, the Valley Faithful, they'll get behind you. That's that's without question. So we need to feed into that. We need to give them something to support and they'll get right behind us. I mean, it's still relatively early in the season, but where Doncaster are doesn't really matter because they're just below us in the title. Well, they could have gone about us weekend, but they ended week, but they didn't. Does that matter who we're playing, really? No, the message would be exactly the same. Obviously, the nature of it is it that there's someone in and around where you are in the league, but 
the message would be exactly the same, whoever we're playing. Any any team in this league is capable. Is capable. They've got good players. Technically, Doncaster are a good team. Richie Wellens likes his teams to play uh, in, in a good way, good football. So we know what they're about. But it's 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 important that we try and stamp our authority on the game. It's it's our home stadium, in front of our home crowd. So we need to be front foot. And we need to get after them, and we need to give the supporters something to shout about. Well, Saturday we're going to have Jack over Jack over Gaffer on a roll. Uh, kids are a quid on Saturday. Feel good factor gushing in from pretty much every angle by Saturday. It could be a hell of a day. You uh, you ready for the emotional rollercoaster that's coming? Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for the occasion, but I'm I'm excited by what I think this team can do if we get it right. I really I'm really excited by that. And uh, obviously for me, I personally like to lead to lead a Charlton team out of the valley is uh, you know a dream come true for me. And uh, yeah, like you say, hopefully bump a crowd, kids for a quid. There'll be a feel-good factor, but we need to capitalise on that. You know, we need to make that work in our favour, and uh, it's my job. And I'll be getting that across to the lads that we, uh, you know, we we need to use that. And if we start right, that crowd will get right behind us for sure. There we go. That's Jacko looking ahead to the game with uh, Doncaster Rovers. So, I mean, th- there will be a lot of em- emphasis on what he, what he has achieved on the training ground this week because, obviously, uh, we, we spoke, Mark, about how he'd only had the two days ahead of Sunderland, which really is only like one and a bit days because of the uh, the, the turnover and the travelling, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but now he's had a full week to, to get his ideas in. It will be interesting to see if this week he's felt like he could try and feed them a little bit more information ahead of the game. And if they are trying... I don't know, a, a different formation or, or something that we haven't seen so far before this season. Yeah, a danger would be is trying to put too much in. I mean, most people know that, you know, a, a simple instruction is the most benefit because it's one, one you're going to remember. If you say, you know, too much, it's going to say, well, hold on, that's where the confusion starts to come in. Keep it simple, play with passion, play with commitment, job done. It's, it's... <sighs> It's trying to sort of like over garnish something, you know. You've got a nice ice cream. You There's don't need, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you you don't need all the bells and whistles which people put on the side. If you've got a decent ice cream, you don't need all the rest of it. So, you know, that's the only analogy I could really sort of like <laughs> yeah. think of with that. So well, well, everyone knows, uh, Lewis, uh, the the best ice creams play two up top, don't they? And that's what Jacko likes. Well, there we go. <laughs> exactly. I just love the chef talk from Mark as well. I think every every show that Mark's on, he should describe our performance in food. <laughs> I think he has to. It was it was class. Yeah, well, I'm sure he could have said that some of the stuff he's seen so far this season has been a load of tripe. But, um, but I mean, uh, surely, um, well, maybe not surely, Lewis. I'll ask you. Obviously, I thought Connor Washington played quite well uh, on Saturday and his work rate works but I guess if there is a, a two striker situation that Josh Davison's probably got a chance of, of being the man that, that partners Jaden Stockley as well but I've thinking out loud I think I would still go with Connor on Saturday yeah I agree with you I'd, I'd stick with Connor like you say work rate I don't think anyone can top him he does not stop moving he's he's outstanding um I th- my one criticism of Connor is maybe his finishing could do with a bit of touching up I think that Sometimes he gets himself in good positions, and then when he strikes the ball, it's like a bit of a pea roller into the into the keeper's hands. But um, I, I think that in terms of work rate and what he creates, I mean, we even saw it in that game um, against Accrington where he, he battled for that ball right to the right to the very death, and then managed to set up a goal to get us to three two. I think he brings so much, um, 
so yeah, I'd I'd stick with Connor as well. You you never know. You might have to play Josh Davison anyway because Stockley will be on his ten match ban for for sneezing on the Sunderland defender. So we might not uh, might not see Jaden on Saturday. Yeah, to be fair, it's sneezing these days it probably is worth a ten match ban considering the uh, the lurgy that's been going around. Uh, Mark Mark, in terms of like a you know a replacement for Lavelle, I think we've decided that that, that Pierce will be will be the man. But other than that, I and mean, if we do switch to to a back four again, then it's hard to see Purrington losing his place after that performance on Saturday. And Adam Matthews obviously played as a right centre-back rather than a right-back. But again, I think it was interesting that he came straight into the side when, when Nigel was replaced by Jacko. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to probably be subconscious for Jacko, but he's going to have players he prefers anyway. Um, we've got, not saying that he's going to play them when they're out of form, but he's going to have something in his mind what he thinks someone's strengths are. Now, he looks, if you're comparing Gunter and uh, Matthews, okay, Gunter was unfortunate because he had to play left back at the start, but, you know, who's better going forwards, who's faster, who who's a bit more, I mean, Gunter's probably got a bit more experience, but I think Matthews, you know, is is right up there. It's, it's, it's difficult because they are, you know, very similar. Um, I'd like to see Matthews have more of a crack on goal, um, as I would. I mean, because Burrington scores a couple, and I think you've got to try and get goals from you know all over the pitch. I mean, that's why Lavelle's going to be a miss because yeah, he's popped up with a couple, but you know, Pierce has put a few away in his time for us. So you know, I think I think we're going to be more attacking. I think that's that's a given because of the noise the crowd's going to make and it's going to be the enthusiasm because. If you're Doncaster manager, you're going to say to your players, right, you've got to quieten this crowd down, got to get into them, you know, then they'll turn. He's not going to see that turn. I think what you're going to get is the same thing, you know, when Jacko was a player for us and we were 2-0 down and he came on. Um, you'll remind me of a game in a minute and it was, we went on to win it and he had Cardiff. scored. Cardiff, that's well, the yeah, one. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the perfect, you know, the perfect game for him to show the um, players get them in. Say right, watch this game. Ignore the fact that I'm, you know, brilliant in it. But you know, look at the crowd. The crowd at two 0 down didn't turn. They were cheering us on. We turned it round as players, but it was a it was a partnership there, and that's what you've got to tap into. And I think you know it's just difficult with the way Jacko's going to pick him. I don't think he's going to. The only thing he might change is put you know, like DJ. Give him a bit longer than a few few minutes, but you know I can understand why he didn't get that extra time against Sunderland. Mm, yeah, I mean but... one one other potential change I'm trying to think, Lewis, is you know, obviously because of the formation we set up with him at Sunderland. Then George Dobson was an absolute shoe in to sit in front of that that back three. Um, I mean, if we if we go to more of a four, if we go to a diamond, if Jacko goes for that, then he'd be perfect to sit at the base of it. But then he's got other options as well. So that would be interesting to see if Dobbo keeps his place after a really good a really good performance up at up at Stadium of Light. Yeah, I think he has to. I I think you'd have to you'd have to play a system that suited him. Um because when as you said there, when when he played in a in a position he's most comfortable and and can perform like that, I mean he was absolutely unplayable on Saturday and I think a real a real a, a real signing for us you know it, it felt like a new signing having it, having him in that side at the weekend so I'd like to see it accommodated that we see him play there you know maybe if, even if we had sort of a two in front of the back and played a 4-2-3-1 I think he'd, he'd do okay there but yeah for me Dobson after the way he played at the weekend has to be the first name on the team sheet I thought he was absolutely outstanding Excellent stuff. Right, we've come to the end then of uh, this week's big match preview. Thanks for all of you who've tuned in and, and sent messages in as well. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday to look back at the game 
against Doncaster Rovers at the Valley. If you want to get involved with that show, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, or you can tweet us uh, at Charlton Live. Don't forget to check out Charlton Live on Instagram as well. I've been keeping that page uh, up to date. We've been doing little stories from, from our away games as well. And we'll try and do one for the home game as well so you can see what we're at. Basically, it's just see what pub Lewis goes to, but we can see what we're up to on a, uh, on a Saturday afternoon before, uh, during and after the game. Right, uh, thank you to Lewis and to Mark for joining me on this week's Big Match Preview. Cheers, mate. Cheers, bud. Good to speak to the both of you. I'm Louis Mendez. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again on Sunday. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns